This is the Manga Mavericks Podcast. We are dedicated to not only talking about manga as a medium, but as an industry. I am Sid, and it's strange. I don't usually lead the podcast off. Why? Why, this is like the Twilight Zone. This is some kind of alternate universe? No. Something is amiss, but but this is the same world that I always live in. Colton, what do you think? Oh, Colton? Yeah, he's dead. No! No, it cannot be! You... Could it be? You are the evil Gilgakabubunakan? What have you done with Colton Gilgakabubunakan? What have you done? Uh... That's not my name, man. Then what is your name, Foul Spectre? Yeah, my name's Varun. Varun, truly the name of evil! Evil! I never knew evil was so silent. But no, in all seriousness, Colton is out this week, unfortunately. He was very busy over the weekend, had to do a lot of stuff for his family. Instead, I went out and... I found someone else to help me co-host the episode this week, and this is my brother. You may have known him as GTC on Twitter and Animation Revelation, but he also goes by his real name, which is Varun, or Varin, or Virin, or whatever weird nickname I call him. Honestly, people have mispronounced it so many times that I just have stopped caring. Hey, people mispronounce my name far more often. Your name's so easy, though. It's Sid. It's three letters. How do you mess that up? Because, they, you know, they try to pronounce my full name, so they pronounce it C-Dirt or C-Dart or C-Darta or, or some, like, dumb enunciation. And it's like, it's Siddharth. It, it... What about Siddharsh? <laughs> Siddharsh! Siddharsh, Darsh, Darsh. Siddharsh, Siddharsh. Well, luckily, I've never been challenged to a ski race for a girl, so... Ah, uh, I didn't have to do any montage. I didn't have to do a montage. I, I think that's enough South Park references for this episode. You can never have enough South Park references, my brother. Mm, I, I don't know. That, that's kind of debatable. Anyway, we're getting off tangent. But anyway, we are going to go and, you know, do our normal routine here. Talk about and run down all the news. But first, I want to, like, get the audience to know Warun a bit, or as I like to call him, Vichan. So we're going to be talking about what we've been reading recently. So, Vichan, what have you been reading? Well, I, I read a fair amount of the stuff in Weekly Shonen Jump since I moosed, mooch off your subscription, so... You damn leech. Yeah, goddamn leech. But I'm caught up with Black Clover, My Her Academia, One Piece... What is most interest to you lately? I guess the most interesting thing in Jump, at least for me right now, has been Promise Neverland. And how have you been liking Promise Neverland? I myself have been enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah, it, I, I think it's really good. It's has a tone that I feel not a lot of Shonen Jump series have had in recent times. 
Mm-hmm. It's very intriguing mystery. It's got very compelling characters and an interesting premise. And what's really nice about it is that it addresses all the things you would think of like immediately and all the characters are very smart about how they try and unravel the mystery and how they try to plan out this escape. Like, no detail is left unaddressed. Every question you would have is a question that the characters have and the characters are thinking about. Like, why do the demons want to eat the children's brains? They think about that. They come up with a logical, like, explanation that could explain it. And, you know, they are still considering that. And then... It's just very interesting to read it and kind of to see where the story develops because the story is very smart about, like, how its characters are approaching the dangerous situation they're in and the battle of wits they're playing with their mother figure, who is also really interesting because she, you know, is also a human being and is also, like, in doing what she's doing to survive for reasons we that haven't been explained yet. So right. it's really it's a really interesting like premise and it's it's really been developed very well right now. So I, I'm enjoying it a lot. Yeah, I, I still haven't read the fourth chapter, but I was really amazed that Viz decided to add it to Shonen Jump so quickly. Yeah, I'm hoping for a very healthy lifespan for this series. I'm hoping... Uh, Hopefully we don't have another, like, Gakyu Hote situation. Don't remind me. My heart is still wounded from that tragic, tragically short run. So is there anything else you would like to talk about that you've been reading? Um, I, I've been slowly catching up with World Trigger. I'll, I'll ca- be caught up at some point. But how are you liking World Trigger so far? Uh, how far have you got it? I'm only like 30 chapters in. And how do you think about those first 30 chapters? I think it's pretty good, to be honest. The, the, there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens. I, I like Osamu as a character. Uh, Yuma's pretty cool. It's a fun series. It hasn't, like, wowed me at all yet, but it it's good. Yeah, I think World Trigger has a slow start, maybe, for some people, but it's developed such a very strong, very passionate cult fan base, and I definitely think that it only got, gets stronger as it goes and during that early part and really, like, hits its prime uh, once it gets into the first invasion arc. Right. So I'll be very interested in your thoughts on that once you get to that. Eventually. <laughs> I mean, beyond that, I'm a little bit behind Seven Nilly Sins. I think, like, four or so chapters. But that's been really good lately. Mm-hmm. Um, Magi I'm caught up with. Magi is amazing, like always. I mean, it had a rough patch uh, last year for a while. Oh, there. don't get me started on the Co-Empire arc. I-, I-, I think it ended up being a really good arc. It has, like, a lot of early parts where it may seem like missteps, but in the long run, I feel like it all resolved itself and made it pretty well executed. Sure, but that beginning section with you just going super evil for unless the, like, most over-the-top and... Yeah, like, what he's like fighting, like, what's-his-face, Bilal or whatever? Yeah, and he's like... There's, like, this, like, vision of Morgiana, and he's, like, stab at her, and it's like, screw you, Morgiana, you can go die with your lover, Alibaba, or whatever. That's the one part I really dislike. 
That is the part that I really dislike. That's the worst scene in all of Mahi. Yeah, but besides that, I think it's a really good arc. It it has its problems early on, but it it's still good. Yeah, the actual war portion of the Cold yeah. Empire arc is, is really good. And then the current arc is just very untraditional for a final arc, which I'm really liking. Mm-hmm. Like, we have Sinbad in a situation where he he's the ba- bad guy, obviously, but he's not... He's not a bad guy. He's, he's not, not, like, a bad guy. Yeah. And like, they're also, like, connecting it to Sin... Like, the Sinbad manga as well, which mm-hmm. I, I'm really liking. So it's, like, showing that he's trying to do the right thing, and he he's, doesn't want to, like, follow Elder David's subliminal messages. Yeah. It's very interesting because it's dealing very heavily with politics and economics, and it's uh, it hasn't been very too battle focused right now. It's just been like dealing and uh, navigating through this new world, kind of in a peaceful, pacifist fashion. That's a very interesting angle to me. Like you don't see many battle manga go that route. Yeah, and then I'm reading Jojo Lion, obviously, because. I love JoJo. Don't we all? Yeah. Uh, I haven't read the newest chapter, I don't think, but man, JoJo keeps getting better. Six, seven, and eight are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Or the part six, seven, and eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and then I'm caught up on Detective Conan. Mm-hmm. And man, Detective Conan's like so good lately. Uh, I I love the current like storyline and everything. I mean... Conan always has this thing how it's structured like like episodic stuff and then at, sometimes occasionally at the end of like these episodic cases like you get this like little tidbit of information about the overall plot but the way it's been executed lately is just like so well done I feel mm-hmm. I- I'm just really ex- excited for what's to come yeah I, I need to get caught up yeah yeah Sid you do Oh, oh, what's that? You're you're seven hundred something chapters behind. Shut up, Scott Malkinson. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that, that's the main stuff I'm reading. I guess in terms of other stuff I'm reading, Emperor, the Emperor and I, uh, Astro Lost, then D Gray Man. Even though I don't like D Gray Man at all. <laughs> oh boy. I don't want to get into that though. That would be a very long rant. Yeah, that could be an episode of itself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I did recently also catch up Temper and I, and yeah, it's it's pretty cute. About time. Yeah, it's it's very cute, very fun. I like the current like the Emperor's molting arc that is leading to some fun shenanigans. But I think that takes care of uh, everything you've been reading lately, or is there anything else you'd like to mention? I mean, I guess I'll, I'll just list off the other ones I'm reading. One Punch Man, Platinum End. I mean, I've been reading Vector Ball. I'm not sure when I'll be able to read more of that. All right, and that that takes care of everything you keep up with right now. That's it. And so what's the series you enjoy the most right now? The most right now? Mm-hmm. I'd say it's probably Detective Conan or Jojo. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean... Conan, I, I I just love with a passion now. It's just so fun to read. Then JoJo, Araki always just makes great chapters. Even like though it's released like on a monthly basis, it's still just so enjoyable to read. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's always good. I guess for me, 
Right now, my contender for, like, the best manga of the year is My Hero, because this year has really, like, took it to another level. Oh, yeah. My My Hero Academia has just been amazing this year. Yeah. But I guess in terms of a series, the series that are getting me the most hype in the moment right now are Promise Neverland and Toriko. Yeah. I'm still on volume one of Toriko. Uh, I'll get to the rest eventually. Oh, but you actually started reading Toriko then. No, I read that first volume, like... A few years ago. Oh, okay. So yeah, I haven't made any progress at all. Yeah. Well, Toriko has had some up and downs recently, but this stretch this year, in my opinion, has been really, really fun and like really satisfying for you know a long time reader like myself, and especially anything involving Midera is just awesome. I'm really looking forward to, like, how the arc ends and, like, seeing Meteor go up against Joey and Acacia. That's just gonna be so awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'll get to Toriko eventually. Uh, it, it seems like it's really crazy, so... Yeah. <laughs> so, I think that takes care of what uh, Wee Lord's been reading recently. So, I think we'll move on to the news. And we'll start off, like usual, by running down the New York Times bestselling manga list for August 21st through the 28th. This list is pretty much comprised of just three series for the most part, with one stray volume of something else mixed in here. But naturally, the most represented series is, of course, Tokyo Ghoul, taking up Half of the list with a whopping five volumes. Yeah, you and Colton just can't escape the Tokyo Ghoul curse. We can't. The mania is just as strong as ever. It is a series that is selling gangbusters and its hype is not dying anytime soon. And so on the list, we have Tokyo Ghoul Volume 8 ranked at number one on the list now for two weeks. With Volume 1 coming in at second on the list now for 60 weeks. And then at number 5, we have Volume 2 on the list for 36 non-consecutive weeks. Volume 3 right below it on the list now for 16 non-consecutive weeks. And Volume 7 down at number 10 coming in for 7 non-consecutive weeks. Tokyo Ghoul Mania is as strong as ever. Seriously, wow. Oof. Then following that up, we have One Punch Man with the first volume coming at a number three, uh, up from the previous rank at number four on this list now for 51 weeks. And then we also have volume two coming at a number nine on the list now for 24 non-consecutive weeks. And Attack on Titan is also on this list with volume 19 ranked at number seven, down from number three from the previous leak and on the list now for four weeks. And volume one back on the list and number eight, uh, down from six from the previous week and on this list now for 122 non-consecutive weeks. As usual, the big three like titans of, uh, the current manga industry in the US are just, just dominating this list. But the one thing to break up this homogeneity is My Hero Academia Volume 5 ranked at number 4, up from rank 10 from the previous week, and on the list now for 4 weeks. 
I'm happy to see My Hero Academia like performing so well, especially to bounce back from a number 10 to a number 4. Maybe that's indicative of a slow week, but I think it's indicative of strong sales. And as we will look into the book scan list, I think My Hero Academia is uh, performing very strongly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, both Viz and Funimation have been pushing the manga and the anime respectively so hard, so it's good to see that it's doing well and it's getting attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know a lot of people keep making these dumb Naruto comparisons for it, but... Yes, well, I mean, let's not get into that. Instead, yeah. why don't we talk about <laughs> the monthly book scan list for August. Would you like to run a stat down, Lord? Yeah, sure. So, on the monthly book scan list for August, we had the 8th volume of Tokyo Ghoul at number 7. Mm-hmm. And then we had the 5th volume of My Hero Academia ranked at number 9. And this is notable because I believe this is the first time a My Hero volume has ranked on the monthly book scan list. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, so this is pretty big stuff that My Hero is joining the ranks of Attack on Titan and One Punch Man Tokyo Ghoul as uh, regulars on the monthly book scan list. Yeah, good for My Hero Academia. Yeah, I mean, the trajectory of its sales and its popularity in the West is just going up even after the anime's ended. I think that it will only continue to grow. So this is very exciting news. Yeah, and then following that, we have Attack on Titan... Volume 19, ranked at number 11. And then we have the first volume of Tokyo Ghoul at number 17. Only four books, manga books, on the book scan list this month. But still, I think that My Hero uh, being on there is very notable. It's something to be very excited about. And of course, Tokyo Ghoul is just blowing everything else away. Yeah, Tokyo Ghoul was just so huge. At this point. Which is weird to think about, because it's never going to get a third season of an anime. We're going to be talking about Tokyo Ghoul for, like, two more years. Because, no, we'll be talking about Tokyo Ghoul forever, because there's still Tokyo Ghoul R.E. Yeah, R.E. That Viz is going to definitely put out after the number Tokyo Ghoul. Yeah, R.E. is really popular in Japan, so I I think it's going to be popular over here. Yeah, we're never escaping Tokyo Ghoul on this podcast. (laughs) Uh, oh. And then one day they'll make a full Tokyo Ghoul remake. <laughs> yeah, but speaking of manga that had anime that kind of closed it off to getting more adaptions, do you want to talk about something that's ending soon, Warren? Something that you've been reading for a while? Oh, yeah. So, Akamiga Kill, the manga, is planned to end... In the 15th volume, which will come out later this year. Mm-hmm. Add that onto the pile of manga series ending in 2016. Yeah. Like, geez, so many series have ended this year or are ending. I mean, we had Billy Bat, Bleach, Nisekoi, Bloodlads going. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. You've been reading a comic of Hill, right, Warren? Yeah, and I'm caught up. How so. do you think the series will end? And what are your thoughts on this uh, final arc? Because I gave up after the fourth episode of the anime because it just was not my thing. So what what are your thoughts on uh, a comic of Kill right now? And where do you think it'll end? How do you think it'll end? I have a complicated relationship with a comic of Kill. 
there are parts of this series that I really like. And then there's parts of the series that are just downright disgusting. There is one part where, like, there's this group of, like, villains who all have this weird rape fetish. And they just go around, like, assaulting all these innocent people for chapters on end. And there's a rapist for, like, every sexuality. Yeah, there's, like, weird, like, torture ones. There's, like, a child molester. Who's a clown. Yeah, yeah, he's a clown. (laughs) But, yeah, it's just gross. And then later, like, there's this other torture scene where those rapist guys, they literally go ahead and crush one of the main character's balls. It's just like, why? Man, this is so dark and edgy. Oh my god, it's so more much more for sure than normal shonen. Yeah, I mean, there there are some good parts to it, though. Like, there's this whole, like, story arc where they have to, like, rescue Tatsumi from Esdeath. And, like, the girl with the gun in A Comic of Kill, whatever her name is, mine. Yeah, mine. Mine just goes all total badass and sacrifices herself in, like, the battle. And that, that was a really cool arc. Because it's like, Tatsumi gets, like, a super badass power-up. He goes toe-to-toe with Esdeath and, like, some generals. And it's still really cool. But then you remember all this crappy, badly written shit that happened before it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there's stuff here that's good. But then there's other stuff that's just so bad. And you can't just forget it because a lot of it's still plot relevant. Important and stuff happens during, like, these disgusting, like, parts of the series. Yeah, they can't ignore it. Yeah, it's not, like, just treated like, oh, it never happened or anything because it's... Because it affects the plot. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I'd say in general it is a bad series. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. But it's not something that I... Like it's not devoid of good moments. Yeah, it's not devoid of like good content. Like right now, as we're nearing the end, it's gonna be a decent ending, I think. Okay. Like it's gonna be very similar to how the anime ended. Maybe not exactly the same, but the final fight is pretty similar. To be honest, there are certain things that are completely different, but the final fight itself is largely similar, at least so far. All right then. Well. I guess that does it for a comic kill. Not necessarily recommended, but series seems to be ending on a high note. And I'll be ending pretty soon here. But where one series ends, another must begin. And a very esteemed mangaka, uh, you may have heard of her, Natsume Ono. She is pretty indie mangaka, uh, but her works have been published over here by Viz. You may have heard of some of them. House of Five Lees, Restaurant Paradiso, Jaunt, Tesoro, and Not Simple. All very good titles. Uh, and so Natsumi Ono is planning to debut a new series this December called Skyscraper Blues which will be in uh, Kodansha's Morning 2 Magazine's February 2017 issue, which comes out on December 22nd. So for fans of Ono's works, she has another one on the way. Uh, I'm sure Kodansha will hopefully make this over. So I am always looking forward to read more works by Natsumi Ono. Yeah, I might check it out at some point. Things end, things begin, and some things stop and then resume again. Yes. And this next title is very much like that. 
Yeah, so the Silver Spoon manga will resume on August 31st after a eighth month hiatus. Well, August 31st has already happened by this yeah. point. So it's it's already resumed, but it's finally back after being on pretty much the entirety of this year. Yeah, like she released two chapters back in February and then she took a break and then later on Shonen Sunday said that she went on another hiatus. Yeah, so, so uh, I'm not sure what happened there, but she's just she she's had a lot of family stuff to deal with in recent years, so I'd assume it has something to do with that. Yeah, but we're in the final stretch of Silver Spoon too. Yeah, it, the thing is, it's so close. Like, I, I, if I recall, Arakawa said that she wanted to reach the climax by volume fourteen. And there are 13 volumes out, so there's only... Yeah, so it's either going to end in that 14th volume, or it's going to go into 15 and end there. Yeah. Like, it's so close right now. If I recall, the last chapter was pretty much them doing what they were planning to do at the end of, like, high school. So there's not a whole lot left to cover. Like, they just need to succeed at their dreams or whatever or whatnot yeah. or fail their dreams <laughs> well i mean silver spoon does not shy away from kind yeah. of the harsh reality of the world poor komaba but yeah I mean, he, he's working his way back up yeah komaba's story is actually pretty inspiring because he loses yeah. everything but then he starts working towards his dream again so that so his story is really really inspiring and really good uh, the entirety of Silver Spoon is really good, and I'm really looking forward to it returning, because it has been not the same without a new Silver Spoon chapter to look forward to every two mm-hmm. weeks or so. So Yeah, Silver Spoon is just such a treat to read. I was like, I, I love it so much. I, I know some people prefer Full Metal, and that's fine to each their own, but Silver Spoon for me is just on a whole nother level. Yeah, I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm curious what Arakawa's also going to do after Silver Spoon. Or if she's just going to solely focus on Arslan now. Mostly. It, it seems like she's getting pretty busy now, whatever she's up to. Well, whatever she decides to do next, I'm definitely looking forward to read it. Yeah, I'll read whatever she makes. Mm-hmm. And another thing I'm looking forward to this year is New York Comic Con! Yeah! The schedule has finally been posted, and I finally know when the Yusei Matsui panel is. It is on Friday, as is Spice and Wolf author Izuna Hasekura. That's right. Yen Press is celebrating the 10th anniversary of Spice and Wolf by bringing over Izuna Hasekura, the author of Spice and Wolf, to New York Comic Con. And there's going to be a panel... For Izune Asakura on Friday, October 7th, a New York Comic Con from 2.45 to 3.45. And also to celebrate the 10th anniversary of Spice and Wolf, Yen Press is putting out a gigantic omnibus gathering up all 17 volumes of Spice and Wolf in just one hardcover collection is going to be put out uh, this October. It's going to be a limited run thing, so you better get them while it's hot, but you can already buy pre-orders on Amazon and Bright Stuff. And the book looks really cool, and I definitely think uh, it's going to be quite a treat if you want to, like, collect the entire series and read it all the way through. Yeah, that's a pretty damn big book, that. Because, <laughs> like, each Spice and Wolf volume's, like... It's 200 pages. Yeah, 200 pages, so... Yeah, that's a pretty big book, that. <laughs> 
if it fits at all. Yeah, I mean, it still might be a little overpriced compared to some other, you know, novels, but I mean, it's still very much worth the price just for the kind of thing this is. Yeah, I just checked. It's $150, so that, that's pretty good, I'd say. Yeah, so definitely look forward to both of those things if you're a Spiceable fan. And then something I'm also looking forward to as a Pokemon fan is this publishing the Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire arc of Pokemon Adventures in mini-volume format starting next month. Each volume will retail for about $5, it'll contain about four-ish chapters, and it'll basically... Uh, cover the ongoing Omega Ruby and Sapphire arc, which has been pretty excellent. And it just gets me super excited whenever I read it because it's addressing a bunch of loose ends from the Ruby and Sapphire as well as the Fire Red and Leaf Green arcs. And it's just really, really exciting stuff. Like, looking forward to the climax of that. Could be on my top year-end list this year. Really looking forward to seeing this come out in print stateside. Hmm, yeah. I'm not surprised by this, considering how big Pokemon Go's been lately, and Pokemon's still as huge as ever. Yeah. Oh, man, I wish Pokemon Adventures had an anime. Oh, oh what is something... I, I'd kill for that. Yeah. What is something else you'd really want to see as an anime? I'm not sure. Like... Like, you mean game-wise, or, like, just in general? Well, I just mean in general. Like, what is something that doesn't have an anime yet that could get one in the future? Hmm. Oh, you're trying to do a segue here, aren't yes, you? Yes, I'm trying to do a segue. <laughs> Come on, take the hint, man. Jeez. <laughs> hey, I'm new at this, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, just yeah, talk about okay. Black Clover. Come okay, on. yeah. So... At Jump Festa this year, there's going to be a special anime screening featuring Black Clover, and it's going to be a Black Clover OVA, which is its first ever anime adaption. So yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, I wonder, perhaps it'll just adapt the pilot, or, or the first couple of chapters? I, I think it's going to be like the first chapter. Yeah, or maybe it'll adapt something in the middle of the series. I kind of want to see something that has like all kind of the... Uh, Black Bulls. I kind of want an episode just showing off all those characters. It's like I kind of like their them as an ensemble group, so I kind of enjoy seeing like them all together. First chapter is fine to have as an OVA, but I think I, I would kind of like it to see like just more of the cast be featured, and we wouldn't get that if it was just the first chapter. Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd say in the bigger picture, though. This kind of means that we're kind of nearing a point where Black Clover will get a TV anime. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I by this point, My Hero Academia had already gotten the announcement for one. Yeah. So I'm My sure... My Hero Academia never got a Jump Festa OVA or anything before the TV anime came out. So Yeah. So I'm sure that Black Clover will get an announcement one of these days. And we'll be seeing an anime maybe late next year or early 2018. It all depends on when it's announced at this point. But, anyway, this Black Clover Jump Festa special is something to look forward to. But something, an animated action that I'm really looking forward to is the Silent Boys film that's going to be coming out next month. And, as a special bonus to film goers in Japan, Yoshitoki Oima is drawing a special 
Silent Voice chapter that will uh, be given out to, you know, film goers, and it will portray a story about uh, Shoko's family life, specifically focusing on her mother and grandmother, which is definitely something that I'm interested in because, you know, from the sample pages that are shown, like, it seems like it's really going to be showing another side of Shoko's mother that we didn't quite get to see in the series herself. So I'm very interested to explore her more as a character. And I'm generally I'm just very interested in more Silent Voice content. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't read Silent Voice at all. For shame. I, I should get on that. It's still in Crunchy Manga, right? Yeah, the entire series is available on Crunchy Manga, and it's also completely available in print from Kadansha. So I recommended it several times on the show, but in case you missed the message, please read a silent voice. It is very much worth your time. Yeah, it's on my backlog. There's just so much good stuff on Crunchyroll's manga section. Yeah, you're telling me. <laughs> Well, moving on to something that I don't really have a good seg into. There's been a lot of Kickstarters for, you know, manga this year that we've covered on the show. But here's something for a manga-related thing that's a little bit different. An active gaming media is uh, launched a Kickstarter campaign for a web game they're calling Astroboy Edgetime. It is a digital collectible card game based on the works of Osamu Tezuka. And it's looking to raise $50,000 to fund this project's creation by September 21st. And the game's cards are going to feature Tesca characters redesigned by modern artists. Examples include Hiroya Oku, the Mangaka of Ganks and Uniyashiki, uh, Neko Shogun, the character designer for Lollipop Chainsaw, Seichiro Hosokawa, the character designer for some installments of the Dot Hack franchise, and a bunch of other, like, very talented people, with the game also feature music by Akira Yamaoka from the Silent Hill series, and Giovanni Giorgio Mortora, the a pioneer of disco and dance music. And, yeah, so the game is going to feature, like, an online multiplayer mode and a single-player mode. It takes place in some weird, like, future, which have all these Tesca characters that you basically summon with your cards. So it's like some Tezuka card battle royale game or whatever? You know, it, I think it's actually a lot like uh, Fusion Fall, that Cartoon Network, like, online game from way back in the day. I don't know if Fusion Fall still exists in some It doesn't, form. I don't think. Yeah, but that was a thing that they had going for years, and at the time, it seemed interesting, but, like, actually playing it, it was kind of it and, was kind of crappy. Yeah. I, I, I think I played it for a little bit, and the servers just kept crashing on me. Yeah, so this is basically kind of Fusion Fall, but with Tesca characters, I guess. So. Yeah, but it's a card game, so... Well, but Fusion Fall had this card, card system, too. Like, you summon... Oh, yeah, yeah. You summon, like, Cartoon Network characters by using, like, some cards or some, like... I don't know, some, like, thing you collected. Like, you basically, it was like... It was like these middle, mini, like, figures, I think. Yeah, well, basically, this is kind of the same thing as that, just with cards. Yeah. So, and I'm a big Tesca fan. It's kind of cool to see a revival project 
like in some form, like and see like classic Tuska characters you redesigned by like some pretty cool artists. But I don't know if the game itself is something that I want to play because I mean it doesn't seem like my kind of thing. I mean this is definitely something that I'm really interested in and really interested in seeing being developed. And if these kind of names are your thing, I and you're also a fan of Tuska, I uh, you know highly suggest you support it because. You know, there's also just some cool, like, bonuses given out to backers. So, like, t-shirts and posters and art books and whatnot. So, yeah, you know, this is a cool little project, even if it's not completely my thing, necessarily. And then moving off to something that I don't have a good segue for, is my anime list will be hosting the 5th Manga Translation Battle Contest which is a yearly contest that is judged by professional translators in the manga industry, such as Deb Oki, Mac Alto, Moko Kimura, and William Flanagan. And basically, contestants will uh, compete against each other to, in uh, translating one of three featured manga from Japanese to English, and the finalist translations will be posted onto the Manga Translation Battle website. This year, the manga that contestants are to translate will be Zuto Dokushin de Irusumori, Haru wa Akebono Sukimo Nao Suramu Nao, and The Right Way to Make Jump. Basically, uh, the contestants will be notified on September 14th, you know, with, for, uh, official registration. And basically, the goal of this contest is to Provide aspiring manga translators with opportunities to debut as professionals. And some prizes that will be given to winners will include an invitation to attend a award ceremony in Tokyo, as well as a MacBook Air. And then other winners will receive, like, an Apple Watch. So... Yeah, pretty cool prizes. So yeah, anyone who's a uh, aspiring manga translator or an unofficial translator who's really looking to get into the industry officially, this definitely seems like a great opportunity to show your stuff and get connections and get noticed by the U.S. manga industry. You know, get maybe hooked up with a job afterwards too. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, so this is a really cool thing. That. That covers it for news, but we have some interest pieces, specifically two lists that we want to go over, a list that have been ranked by Japanese fans. And would you want to go over the first one of these lists, Warren? Yeah, so the first list is one where the Japanese fans ranked the biggest manga to anime fails. Yeah, so I think we'll just... I'll list all these 10 and then we can talk about it. Yeah. So, number 10 is Nero Supernatural Detective. Then we have number 9, which is Soul Hunter, aka Hoshin Engi. 8 is Ping Pong Club. Not to be confused with the other anime called Ping Pong from a few years ago. Then we have number 7, Parasite. Number 6... Therme Rome. Number five, The Flowers of Evil. Yeah. Number four, Great Teacher Onizuka. Hmm. Number three, Full Metal Alchemist. Hmm. Number two, Terraformers. And then number one is Dragon Ball. And I'm not sure if it's 
some specific part of Dragon Ball. It just says Dragon Ball. Yeah, if you look on the on Goo's site, they just show the first volume cover. So, so presumably, do they just it's Dragon the, Ball in general. Yeah, pres- it's the entirety of Dragon Ball. People oh, don't think. Oh, of. yeah, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, so this is kind of interesting, you know? I guess Japanese fans just really aren't keen on the Dragon Ball anime, which is surprising because the Dragon Ball anime is so popular. But I guess yeah, that I goes to show that no one can beat the Toriyama original manga. And then I guess let's kind of address some the rest of these. I guess let's yeah. go back down to number 10. I've heard that Hero, you know, the anime is just not as not good. good. Like, it, it doesn't follow the manga from what I understand. Yeah, so don't not surprised there. I mean, Colton would probably know more about that. Probably. Too bad he's not on this episode. Yeah. Why did I have to kill him? Why? 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 I think we said enough South Park references. You can never have enough South Park references. I am the law of the law! That, that was just another South Park reference. Hey, respect my daughter! Uh, okay, um, Hoshin Engi, I, I've never read the manga or, or watched the anime, so I have no opinion on I that. I think we both don't have much to say about Soul Hunter and Big Mom Club, because you haven't yeah. seen those, but Parasite... Parasite! Yeah, yeah. so... I'll admit, with Parasite, uh, the character design changes are kind of just dumb. Yeah. Like, really dumb. Yeah. Also, uh, those two yeah. female characters they added to be Nirano's friends were completely pointless. And yeah, they they kind of just stopped showing up, though. They're also annoying, though, because they're they're all like hot for Shinichi for some reason, even though he's supposed to just be this kind of average guy. I mean, if I recall, the one with the glasses actually was in the manga. No, she was not. Like, she... Yeah, she was, because, like... No, she was rewritten to have, like, a role that, like, a minor character in the manga originally had. Because originally in the manga, there was, there was this one girl who had a crush on this one guy. Oh, you mean the guy... The, yeah. the parasite guy who was... Yeah, like, Shimada. Shimada. Like, she had a crush on Shimada. And so she tried to ask him out. She confessed to him, but then, like, Shimada revealed himself or whatever, and, like, that caused the whole situation. So the anime, like, used oh, this yeah. new character that they made up, and they just put her in that role where this originally nameless character was initially. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. I didn't mind that so much. It was kind of made it more personal to have some Shinichi nose be threatened by, like, this, by, by Shimada instead of this nameless that we've established as like a character yeah just some random girl but, but overall i didn't like those two new characters because they were they were like very superfluous and very annoying yeah i mean beyond that like there's the whole dubstep music in the early episodes yeah the music usage in the show was pretty off at points yeah i mean it, it gets better once like Shinichi and Migi, like, fuse and stuff, but... I-, I can see problems with the anime, but at the same time, it's not really that bad of an adaption. Yeah, no, it's pretty faithfully adapts the yeah, story it, for the it, most part. Story-wise, it's pretty much faithful. Most of the problems come from the early character designs and music, for me, at least. I think if anything... The thing that would have improved it would be tighter pacing. Maybe it was a 22-episode series instead of a... Tighter pacing and completely rewrite that music score. <laughs> yeah. 
And then Termi Romain, I have read this manga, I enjoy this manga. Have not seen the anime version, but from what I ha- do know of it, it's not the best animated. It's pretty off in terms of pacing. Isn't it only six episodes? Yeah, it's adapted from a three volume manga. And it's, oh. But it seems like something that probably would have suffered in the transition from manga to anime because the manga is just so detailed with, you know, its Roman historical setting and that's part of the appeal about it, like how detailed like the art is in the manga and like I'm sure the anime couldn't keep up with that. Flowers of Evil, of course, the rotoscoping. Yeah. everything <laughs> I mean, I think that's what turns most people off from it because probably here it's a pretty good manga. I've seen a few scenes from the anime, and it's just like, it's not aesthetically pleasing at all, which is a problem, but yeah. GTO is... GTO, like, why? Yeah, GTO is pretty fun. Like, maybe yeah. it's not the best animated. It, it doesn't that, follow the it manga, show... but it's like, No, it, it does it's follow good. the manga for the most part, but it, it definitely shows its age. Yeah, but um, it's still pretty fun. I mean, it's definitely a little torn down compared to the manga. It's also doesn't adapt the entirety of the manga, so maybe that's... Yeah, but how many animes nowadays don't adapt the entirety of their manga? That's true, but I'm sure maybe there's just still fans that are salty that, you know, only half the series ever got adapted. Yeah, I, I disagree with that one. And then we have Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> I think there's just, like... The same kind of split in Japan as there is in the West over which version is better. Oh, 2003's terrible. No, Brotherhood's better. Oh, no. Yeah, because the list doesn't distinguish which one of these. It, w- whether it's Alchem original or it's the Brotherhood. So, you know, it could. Pr- it's probably accounting for both. And it's probably also taking into account, like, both sides to. You know, are arguing that X version is better than Y or whatever. I think that both are pretty good. I prefer Brotherhood overall because I think that uh, their first anime kind of falls apart and some of the, you know, original plot stuff it tries to do doesn't quite work. Uh, Brotherhood just feels like more consistently plotted, you know. I like both, though. So I think both are pretty good series. They're different takes on a similar story. Yeah, so honestly, I think that out of all the series on this list, this is the one that I most disagree with, because... Yeah, because both are good, so... Then we have Terraformers here. Don't you just love Terraformers? Yeah, and the censored violence and black bars. I mean, the censored thing is only, like, in the broadcast version, though. I mean, Crunchyroll even has the uncensored one, so... Maybe it's just that people who've been watching it on broadcast television are just pissed off that there's, like, ridiculous amounts of blacking out. Plus, Blu-rays are pretty expensive in Japan, so... But I think that about does it for this manga anime list. You know, it could be an interesting topic to think about in the future, but honestly, there aren't really too many manga that I feel have been done poorly in anime form, except for Toriko that really get me mad, but... Yeah, you know, there are some... Series that are best read than watched. Bagoo also did another poll recently where they asked 500 people in their 20s and 30s, 250 men, 250 women, to answer this question, which heroine in Jump's history makes you the angriest? So essentially, Japanese readers chose Shonen Jump's worst heroines. And the top 20 results 
Do you want to talk about all 20 or just like t- the top 10 or top 5? Let's talk about the top 10. Okay. I want to go from bottom to up then. So at number 10, we have Kokomi from Saiki Kusho no Sai-san. Saiki Kusho. Um, Kokomi is... No, Terahashi is like the vain one. Who is Kokomi? Uh, that is Kokomi, Terahashi. Really? Yeah. Oh, Terahashi's funny, so I don't get yeah, this one. so what the hell? Like, well, again, the, the well, wording of this question is, wasn't necessarily which characters are the worst, but which ones make it angriest. So I guess... You know, Kokomi, yeah, she, her vain personality might make, make you angry. Like, I don't know. She's... Notice me, Psyche. <laughs> Why would you notice me? Yeah, but no, I, I like Kokomi. She's funny. Yeah. So at number nine, we have Madaka from Madaka Box. I don't really understand why anyone would get mad at Madaka. From what I read of Madaka Box, I kind of liked Madaka's character. Like, she was, you know, pretty admirable and she was pretty funny. So, I don't know. thought she was okay. At 8, we have Chiaki from Roku Nanashi Blues. I have never read the series. At 6, there is a tie between Surara from Nura and then Sakura from Naruto. I've never read Nura, but Sakura, yeah. Yeah, Sakura's spot on. Why isn't Sakura number one on this list? <laughs> I don't know. That automatically invalidates the list, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially considering who number five is. Oh, yeah. Number five. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Sakura, I definitely was super furious about. In fact, you know, the point where I really stopped liking Naruto, like, the point where I went from being indifferent about it to disliking it, was the moment when Sakura made this... Stupid false love confession to Naruto so he wouldn't follow her when he's going after Sasuke. You know, completely trampled on his feeling. And then she confronts Sasuke. She tries to kill him. That doesn't work. And then afterwards, she's like, uh, I guess I can't keep up with Naruto and Sasuke. I'm going to give up. Which, like, completely invalidates and, like, sets her character back from the ending of the Sasuke retrieval arc. Where she's like, you know what? I'm going to keep up with Naruto and Sasuke. I'm going to bring Sasuke back myself. And it's like, what the hell, Sakura? Your character has just degraded so much. You're so stupid. And then she marries the guy who tried to kill her multiple times. Bazaar is definitely one of the characters that has made me the angriest in my 11 plus years as a manga fan. She's had her moments, but wow, her her low points are just so infuriatingly low. Yeah, so Sakura. Sakura should have been number one. I don't know why. Okay, actually, number number three probably kind of deserves. <laughs> never, never mind. Uh, at number five, we have the most glaring and head scratchingly odd member on this list, Kagura from Gintama. What is wrong with you, Japan? How how does Kagura make you upset? Kagura is awesome. She's one of the best characters in the series. She's one of the best character arcs in the series, and she's she's awesome. She's one of the best shonen jump heroines ever. I mean, I haven't read or watched much of Gintama. I have to fix that at some point, but Kagura seems pretty cool. Yeah, Kagura's cool. Honestly, Kagura is my favorite Shonen Jump Heron. She's by far my favorite Shonen Jump Heron. Like, no one else even compares because she has such an excellent character arc. She's such she's a hilarious character, too. And uh, I just don't get it. I just don't okay, get it. Well, let's move on to the tie at number three. <laughs> yeah, the tie at number three. We have Misa Misa from Death Note and Erina from Food Wars. Misa, yeah, Misa is annoying. Everyone hates Misa. I don't. I've never met a Death Note fan that actually likes Misa. Misa is annoying. She's obnoxious. Like any time the series really focuses on her, it kind of just feels tedious. 
I mean, doesn't like Oba have like a bad track record with female characters? Oh, I cannot write very the Yeah, like characters. even in Platinum End, like, Saki is just, like, boring as heck. Yeah, well, Misa, Misa's a pretty obnoxious character. Erin, on the other hand, I can understand why people would be angry with her based on early parts of the series where she was, like, you know, a jerk. But Erin's character art's awesome, and she's been so great in the recent run. Like, her character development has really hit its stride this year. Like, she's such a compelling character now. Like, she's probably the character I'm most invested in now, honestly, like, in the series. So, I really like Erin. I disagree with her being the worst, but I can understand her being someone that has made people angry based on early points of the series. Right. Yeah. So at number two, we have Chitoge from Nizekoi. And I'm just thinking these are just sore Raku Onudera shippers who are, like, devastated that they're ship. Why did Raku choose Chitoge? Yeah, Raku chose the poster girl of the series. That is... Such a surprise. No, you know, I like Chitogi as a character. I also think that she's never made me angry during the series. Raku made me angry, angry during the series because of how oblivious he was. Sagumi made me angry during early parts of the series because of how, like, a stereotypical Sundere she was. But, I don't know, I was never mad at Chitoge. The only reason I seem to be angry at her is that she hooked up with Raku instead of Onodera, but I thought the ending of Nisikoi made sense. I really enjoyed the ending. I really enjoyed Nisikoi this year, so... I have no ill feelings towards Chitoge's character. And then we have number one here. Number one, which what is wrong with people? What is wrong with people? I no, I I don't I don't get number one at all. Like why? If you polled Western fans, it would be Misa or Sakura or Orihime or Oh God, Orihime. Why isn't she on this list? No bleach uh, female character is on this like, list. What the surprisingly heck? enough. I mean, uh, just on a side note, Kaoru's on this list. Kaoru from Roman Kenshin is on this list. Nami from One Piece is on this she list. She from World Triggers on this list. Out of all the characters that could have been, like, the most hated female characters that you could have thought of, this would have never cross my mind. Number one is Achaku from My Hero Academia. Wait, what the heck? I don't get this one. Why does Ochako make people angry? I mean, there's nothing really wrong with her. She doesn't do much sometimes, but she's there, and she's not like... She's had some pretty good moments. Yeah, she's had good moments. She's a likable character. I mean, I, I can't see why someone would think that she's worse than Sakura. If it's about, like, the heavy tease, like, she has a crush on Deku or whatever, I don't get that. I mean, there's no real shipping war there either, so... There's so many other female characters who, like, have heavy crushes on male leads, so I don't get how that also, like, detracts from her character, so... I don't... I, I, that can't be the reason, or at least that can't be the only reason. Part of her motivation is for being a hero is that she wants to make money, but, like... That well, yeah, but it's to help her family, right? Yeah, so... so what, what's wrong with that? I, I really cannot fathom a good explanation for why Oshako would be so disliked. Every other character on this list, I can get to some extent. Okay, except, except Chica. I don't get Chica at all. But Oshako, definitely I don't get. And she's number one by a good margin. Like, she got 6.7% of the vote compared to Chitoge, who's second, and she has, like, 5.9%. So she has a good 
0.8% of the vote than Chidoge. I mean, I guess the big thing here, though, is that since all these percentages are so low, I think that, yes, she's, like, has the highest percentage, but since people were able to choose whatever they wanted, it kind of just, like, skews it based on luck, I'd say. I guess. I mean, Aika from M0, of all people was on this list. I think that if, like, there were, like, narrower options to choose from, Ochaka would have never been number one. We can't explain it. Maybe you at home can explain it and can write to us your theories as to why Ochako was the most hated heroine in Jump history among the people who ranking polled. A five-hour analysis on why Ochako is a terrible character. I would love to see someone write uh, analysis of something like that that lasts five hours to read. Or video, make a video that takes five hours to explain this. Ochako Uraraka has destroyed the anime industry. <laughs> yeah. She's crashed it all down with her gravity powers instead of keeping it afloat. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that about does it for the episode. We got through that pretty fast. I mean, much faster than we've been usually getting through these lately. I mean, there, well, there wasn't a ton of news this week, so... That's true. There wasn't too much news and not too much to talk about. But thank you for coming on, Varun, V-Lord, Fababubab, whatever your damn name is, and uh, uh, subbing in for Colton and helping me out this week. Yeah, no problem. Always happy to help. Cool, cool. Uh, happy to have you, I guess, on in the future as well. And uh, why don't you, you know, promote your stuff for where people can find you or whatever. Okay, so you can find me on Twitter at VLORDGTZ, V-L-O-R-D-G-T-Z. I'm also on my anime list under VLORDGTZ and under at Anime Revelation at VLORDGTZ. Pretty much any website, if it says VLORDGTZ, it's probably me. No one really uses that name besides me. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very unique name. Yeah. As for me, you can find me as at Mamiyasha on my anime list and Twitter and Animation Revelation. And you can also look up my Tumblr, Sid Gupta's Awesome Art Blog, where I've been posting my personal art lately. And we'll probably continue to post a lot more as the year continues and my thesis project gets under full swing. But that about does it for uh, Manga Mavericks this week. This was episode 16, and I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Colton should be back next week for episode 17, and it should be a good time. And yeah, thank you so much. Yep, later. Sayonara. <laughs>